0: See, there's a temptation in the church to find reasons to tell other people they don't belong. There's a temptation in the church to find reasons to say, I can do this without you. Try me. And to push people away and say, my problems are too big or even more, your problems are too big and I certainly don't want anything to do with that. There's a temptation among us to say, I don't need to be united with others can do this on my own. So let me ask this question. You don't need two hands. Which one would you like me to cut off? You don't need two feet. You can certainly survive with one. Which one would you like to lose? See, when we separate ourselves from the body, either because we perceive other people to be unnecessary or we believe that we are better off on our own, when we separate ourselves from the body, We can survive, but we miss out on the fullness of what God has created for us. We miss out on the best life possible because we try to do it on our own.
1: Hi, this is Chris from The Point, a church where you can come as you are and you can text in your questions. You may not be sure what you believe about God, Jesus, faith, or the Bible, and that's okay because faith is not about having it all figured out. And God is not waiting for you to put your life together before he'll connect with you. If you'd like to find out more about The Point, you can visit our website at thepointknox.com or connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at The Point Knox. Don't hesitate to contact us or join us in person every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. We pray this message has an impact in your life or at least makes it easy for you to connect with God where you are.
0: My name is Adam, and I am the pastor here at The Point, and it is a great joy and blessing to be here. But many of you might not know that being a pastor wasn't always my dream job. In fact, uh, it was something I really didn't want to do for a long time, but that's a whole nother story. Uh, For the longest time, I thought that my profession of choice was going to be a doctor. So I don't know about you, but uh, there's two things about being a doctor that I think is pretty cool. One, they usually make a lot of money, and that sounds awesome, and two, uh, I just think the human body is super fascinating, and so I was excited to learn more about the human body, to really dive in and study all the cool intricacies, and then I discovered something about myself that made being a doctor really tough. I hate blood. I get super squeamish. There have been several times where I've given myself a big cut on the finger and I've passed out because of the blood. I just, I don't like it. It's not for me. Somehow I managed to survive being there by my wife's side for three children. Uh, It was really gross, but I did it. But I realized it'd be really tough to become a doctor, to really study all of these intricacies about the body if the smallest side of blood made me a little squeamish and uncomfortable. So I needed a new career path. But one of the things I love about the body is it's really complex. Like on the surface, every one of us looks very simple. On the surface, we all look mostly the same with a few variances, right? We have skin, we have arms, most of us do at least. We have legs. By and large, we look very similar. And yet, at our core, there's so much that's different about each one of us. And I love that the human body literally is made up of billions and billions of cells. And now if you are a doctor or know medicine and science better than me, uh, please forgive me. I stopped studying this like 12 years ago, so I may be slightly wrong, but I, I I seem to remember that at one point I heard every cell in your body regenerates every 30 days, which means you literally are not the same person that you were two months ago. How cool is that? Like your body, in order to survive, is constantly taking that which is broken and that which is dead and dying and getting rid of it and replacing it with new life that you can keep going. How cool is that? The way you were created, the way you were made, that there's always something new growing inside of you. And when something bad happens, heaven forbid, uh, when you get that paper cut that causes you to pass out, your body is so neat that immediately it kicks into fixing the brokenness. Your body pumps blood a little faster. The blood sends oxygen to that cut, to that place that needs healing. Your body begins to send all kinds of white blood cells to prevent infection, all kinds of blood clotting measures so that the scab covers up and it forms a scab and it doesn't, you don't bleed out from a paper cut. If your body works the way it's supposed to when something is broken and needs healing, your body works harder to fix it. Imagine instead if our bodies didn't do that, and you had to live each day in fear that you might get a paper cut and bleed out. How would, it, how would you function day to day? Now I know there are some people with some rare conditions where that is their life, and that's a really tough place to live, but for most of us, our bodies kick into overdrive without us even thinking about it. Our brain triggers our body, tells us what to do, and our body does things without having to think about it, which is excellent, because if I had to think about breathing every day or my heart pumping every day, if I had to think about some of these things that are so natural, I would certainly forget. I just know that about myself. If my head wasn't attached, I would probably lose it, like my keys and my wallet and everything else that I own. I just love how the body was created. Another cool thing about the human body that I just find super fascinating, do you know we can emotionally and mentally recall pain, but apart from a handful of rare conditions, we can't physically recreate pain? It's like I can talk about stubbing my toe and you can remember a time you've stubbed your toe. Or maybe like me, you can remember a time when you were mad at your siblings and you went to kick, the, uh, kick them and you missed and you hit the wall and you broke your toe and a few other bones in your foot. And you can remember that experience of pain. But for most of us, almost all of us, we can't recreate that pain right now. But you know there's something else really cool about our bodies? We can recreate joy Like if I take you now to a moment, your fondest memory, perhaps when you stood there and said, I do, or when that child was finally born, or when you graduated after working really hard, that moment of pure joy and happiness. And if we focus on that moment long enough, you know what your body begins to do? Release endorphins and make you happy in this moment. Fill you with joy right now in the memory of a thing Long past. I love how our bodies can't recreate pain, but they can recreate joy. Our bodies, when in need of healing, immediately work in overdrive without us knowing or thinking about it. That healing happens. Unfortunately, we right now, today in 2020, are living in the middle of a really, really big health crisis. A health crisis where many of our bodies are not functioning correctly and are not able to heal the way they need to heal. And I'm not talking about a pandemic. See, there's a bigger health crisis that has been going on long before COVID-19 showed up on the scene. A health crisis that is the equivalent to your body of smoking 15 cigarettes a day. And probably half of us are dealing with this. A health crisis that many of us are dealing with that causes us to be 40% more likely to have serious health problems than if we were obese. This crisis I'm talking about is one called loneliness. In 2018, a study of 20,000 different Americans found that over 50% of those studied said that they often or sometimes feel alone. Loneliness can be one of the most detrimental health crises this generation is facing. You see, we live in an age where we're super connected and we can join church online, which is great for days like today where my kids have a cold and my wife didn't want to get anybody sick. We live in an age where you can literally find anything you need with just a couple clicks of a button. You can order anything you want to order online to be shipped directly to your house. Most of the time within 24 hours. You can go to school online. You can meet loved ones online. You can do everything by yourself. And this has so many great opportunities and so much harm. You see, in this world of connectedness, we're becoming more and more disconnected. In this world of togetherness, we're becoming more and more isolated. And loneliness and isolation is an incredible harm to your body. In fact, in the very beginning of this book that we call the Bible, this scripture that we hold dear, the very first time anything in this created world wasn't good was for man to be alone. God looked at all that he had made, everything he had done, and he said it was good over and over and over again. And then he looked at man and said, it's not good to be alone. See, from the beginning, we weren't created to be by ourselves. Our bodies in extreme isolation don't function very well. And thankfully, even during this pandemic of, in quarantine time, there have been opportunities to try to come together virtually and feel connected and there have been opportunities to try to be with loved ones at a distance with plexiglass barriers between us. And, and during this pandemic, there have been opportunities to try to be connected. But I think many of them have missed the deeper loneliness that people are feeling. See, unfortunately, for most of us in the church in America, we think that we individually are the most important. We might not say that. We might not act like that. We might not even know we think that. But we think that we are the most important when we think that our problems are too big to share with somebody else. We think that we are the most important when we think that everybody else has their own problems and their problems are probably bigger. So why should I seek help? We think that we are the most important person when we think that I don't need to be connected with others. I have God and and me and God, we're good on our own, so why do I need the church or a small group of friends that I can count on or people that I can turn to in times of trouble? Why would I need this? I have God. Let me tell you this real quick. You can be a Christian by yourself, but you won't be growing and you won't experience the full joy that God has in store for you. And I understand in some seasons live stream makes sense. And I understand in some seasons vacations and trips and boats and fun things make sense. But if your life is filled with all of these moments that take you away from the community that God has given you, you're missing out on what he's really trying to do. In this series called Rooted, we are diving into the reality that you and I are called to grow Our faith, if stagnant, isn't really good. Just like a pond or any body of water, if stagnant, begins to breed bacteria and algae and all kinds of things that cause death. Our faith needs to move. And I don't mean move in a legalistic sense. If you're not doing certain things, you're not good enough. I mean, just like our body sheds the old and regrows new every month. Our faith needs to be shedding the old and growing new. The things we once held dear that we now realize maybe we were in error or maybe they missed the mark or maybe now there's something new we didn't know before. And I don't mean we as in all people, I mean me. Things I didn't know. Ways I needed to grow and I needed to change and I need new life. And I think you too. And as we're in this series looking at ways that we grow spiritually, today we're gonna focus on this reality. You will not grow in your faith by yourself. At least not significantly. And not long-term. See, we were created to grow together. And when that fall happened, in the very beginning, chapter three of the book, all the way at the start, when sin entered in, Division entered in. Separation entered in. The idea that says, I can do this on my own, I don't need your help entered in. And from that point forward, we have been fighting this battle of trying to do it ourselves trying to fix our mess, trying to get it all together. When we lack self-discipline and we overeat, I'll just, today will be the day I get self-discipline. Today will be the day I change my habits. Today will be, and we set these goals, whatever they are, but they're always centered in me. I can do this. I was reading this week and I read something that was really, to me, super profound. Self-discipline always comes from other discipline. Here's what the author that was saying. If you are lacking self-discipline, you overeat, you overspend, you do things that aren't healthy, you're in relationships that aren't good, you're living in such a way you're like, I know I need to change, I just don't know how. You don't have it in yourself to come up with a solution. But you need somebody else or a group of somebody else. To pour into you their discipline and their commitment and their consistency and their strength and everything they have, they pour it into you that you can find what you were missing all along. And out of that place, the other discipline that's poured into you, you can begin to find your own discipline the source of strength to stand and say no to the things you want to look at that are bad for you, to the things you want to eat that you really don't need, to the relationships that tear you away from God. You find that strength not in yourself, but in others. The Apostle Paul, he writes about the need for the body in 1 Corinthians He writes about the need for each other in this book. And in the beginning of the book, in chapter three, he's writing and he describes for the people the divisions in the church, how some follow Paul and some Apollos and they have these fights over who's greatest and who's most important and who should they listen to. And Paul, he actually calls out this division and says all of this fighting and all of this division is a result of your immaturity, your need to grow. And then he goes on a little bit later in chapter 12, and that's where we're going to look today. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul is writing, and he says this, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into the one body, Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. Oftentimes we don't quite get what Jews and Greeks, slaves or free means, so let me just rephrase that a little bit differently. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, black and white, Republican and Democrat, indebted and free, wealthy and poor. We were all made to drink of one spirit, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. See, Paul, he's writing about the church and this reality that here in this place, the people of God, as we gather, there's a temptation to say some are more important than others. Sometimes this can be a good thing. Right? Like you're more important, so I'll put your needs first ahead of mine. That can be a really good thing. But other times this idea that some are more important can be a really bad thing. Well, I know that your hurts are more important. Your brokenness is bigger. So you know what? I'll just, I won't say anything about my brokenness, about my pain, about where I need healing because I just don't feel like I have the place here. Paul, he says, look, every member of the body is equally important. I mean, what would it be like if we had no ears? Ask Vincent Van Gogh wearing a mask would certainly be a challenge, right? What would it be like if we had no eyes? We'd miss out on so much of the beauty around us. What would it be like if we had no hands? And then I think of other parts of our body, parts that Paul doesn't write about. What would it be like if we had no heart or lungs or rib cage to protect them? Now maybe we could be okay without an appendix. Like maybe we could be okay without a couple of these things. But you know, every time we take out some tonsils or an appendix or a gallbladder or a spleen or all of these potentially disposable parts, your body suffers. Just as your physical body is made with lots of different parts that work together, we as the church are made with lots of different parts. We don't all look the same. We don't all act the same. We don't all do the same but we're one body built up in Christ. And then Paul goes on and he says something really, really challenging, but also really necessary to hear. He says this, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need to you. See, there's a temptation in the church to find reasons to tell other people they don't belong. There's a temptation in the church to find reasons to say, I can do this without you. Try me. And to push people away and say, my problems are too big, or even more, your problems are too big, and I certainly don't want anything to do with that. There's a temptation among us to say, I don't need to be united with others. I can do this on my own. So let me ask this question You don't need two hands. Which one would you like me to cut off? You don't need two feet. You can certainly survive with one. Which one would you like to lose? You see, when we separate ourselves from the body, either because we perceive other people to be unnecessary or we believe that we are better off on our own, when we separate ourselves from the body, we can survive but we miss out on the fullness of what God has created for us. We miss out on the best life possible because we try to do it on our own. Paul, he says, The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. The parts of the body that seem to be weaker the most important ones. Paul's not just talking about our physical bodies here. You and I as the church, as the people of God, some of us are weaker. And I don't mean always. I don't mean like some of us are holier than thou. I don't mean some of us have figured it out No, I mean some of us are in a place of brokenness and vulnerability and hurting. Some of us are in a place where that paper cut doesn't seem to clot, and we need some help. But we're afraid to ask for it. We're afraid to trust somebody enough to receive that help. We think we'll just keep trying. Eventually we'll fix this. We can't. And if you and I, as the body of Christ, sits idly by while our weaker members are broken and hurting, we all suffer. Again, I don't say weaker members to mean if you're vulnerable and broken and hurting, you're less valuable. I mean weaker in that you need the strength and the love and the support and the care and the compassion of a whole host of community. say so you are not alone. See, we live in this age where loneliness is rampant and nobody really seems to care. And nobody really seems to feel that it's their job to change it. If 50% of those who were part of the study were found to be lonely, that means the person sitting next to you might be lonely right now. Or maybe it's you. And when we're hurting and we're broken and we're lonely. We need each other more than ever. When we're living in an age that's filled with confusion over upcoming elections, over pandemics globally, over economic changes, when we're living in an age where everything seems unknown and uncertain. Now more than ever, we need each other. And we need to turn to one another with the willingness to say, I'm scared. Can you help me? I'm hurting can you help me find healing? I don't know how to overcome this addiction or this problem. Can you help me? Can we do this together? Paul, he continues, and on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we get, bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which are more presentable parts Do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it so that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. I love what he says there. The greater honor goes to those who are least honorable. It's not to the one who has their life all put together and looks perfect and clean like they've been following Jesus forever and they know it all. That's not the one who needs the honor. It's the one who's dishonorable and living in sin and broken and a total mess who knows just how much they don't belong here that needs the most honor. Let me show you why your brokenness is in the right spot. Your sinfulness is You've come to the right place. Let me show you just how much you matter. That is not the things you've done or the things that have been done to you. It's not the political beliefs you hold. It's not the pain in your relationships. No, Jesus loves you. Let me show you that I do too. And you matter more than anything else. Now more than ever else. He continues The reason God puts the whole body together this way, filled with broken, sinful, dishonorable people, so that the whole body may have no division, but that we can have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. See, this is the truth of scripture for you and I. We cannot grow well on our own. But instead, we need each other, even those who are really messy, whose life doesn't look very good right now. We need them in our life. And if you and I try to live the life of faith on our own where sometimes we dip our toes in the Sunday morning water and then we go back to doing our thing by ourselves, isolated over there somewhere else, and we live with our fears and our anxiety and our stress and our pain and our sin, and we do that by ourselves, we won't find the healing that God has created for us, that Christ has won for us. We won't find the healing that brings new life to our dead and broken bodies. And we certainly, as the people of God, won't find the healing that makes us as a people attractive to a world that doesn't actually see Jesus in most of the church. See, if we want to connect the disconnected out there, we have to begin by connecting with one another in here and saying, You matter. And I've never taken the time to get to know your name. You matter, and I've never asked, How's your family doing? How are you doing? And we need, in this place, as a people of God, we need to come together now more than ever. What does this look like practically? Well, there's all kinds of ways the church has gathered in the past. Yes, we gather on Sunday mornings, and it's wonderful and it's beautiful. And sometimes the church is gathered in small groups, right? A handful of people getting together on a regular basis to just love each other. And maybe part of that includes a Bible study. Maybe it just means you get together and say, how are you doing this week? Can I pray for you? Can I encourage you? Can I remind you that you're not alone? Sometimes the church gathers in this big setting and sometimes it's in small settings and other times our gatherings look nothing like that at all. But we gather together individually, one on one. We gather and say, let's grab coffee. I miss you. Hey, I'd love to grab lunch and I know we can't go to the restaurants we prefer but we can sit outside in the courtyard here or in my backyard or someplace else. We can be together in this time apart because I care about you. We can deliver pizzas to people you care about. This space, I will make it available and open anytime. If you want to gather, there's lots of outdoor space where you can gather with others and say, I just want to be together. Wherever you gather, however you gather, we need to draw near each other. And I think one of the scariest things that we need in this season is to not just draw near each other at an appropriate social distance, or to draw near each other to say, man, it really is a bummer being at home all the time and complain about the state of this world. What we need is to draw near each other to be honest with each other. How are you today? See, there's a thousand things that can keep me up at night. And I'm sure that if you take a couple minutes to think about it, there's a thousand things that can keep you up at night today, and they might be different things tomorrow and different things still a week from now. But if we try to tackle that and save the world on our own, we'll just be crushed. In fact, the very Savior we trust in to save the world on His own was crushed. For our iniquities, our pain, our brokenness, all of our imperfections. And because he was crushed, we can find healing. Not on our own, by ourselves, someplace else, but in the open honesty to say, I'm hurting. Can you help? Will you love me? Will you be here with me through this pain? I don't know what a gathering pre-pandemic or post-pandemic or during pandemic looks like. I, I don't know what the future holds for us as a people and how we go about doing these things we're called to do. But what I do know is this, if we wanna see Jesus for who he really is, if we wanna see Jesus for what he's really done, if we wanna hope in him no matter what the world throws against us, we have to do it with others. So I wanna encourage you today, what is the cut that you need others to come running to to help heal? What is the wound that you have been holding on to and said, if, if only people know about this, then I will be one of these members with no honor, one of these members that is disposable or disgraceable. That's not you. No, in fact, those who are hurting and in need of healing, that's why we're here, so that we together can love one another and care for each other and grow no matter what this world throws against us. And we can stand firm and say, I have Jesus and he's given me a church to be with me through it all. you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you that you did not create us to be alone. God, that as we grow, we have to begin by confessing we can't do so alone. God, I pray you would create in each one of us the humility and the vulnerability to open up to somebody else. Say, I'm filled with anxiety. I'm struggling with pain. I'm hurting in my relationships. I'm desperately in need of Jesus. God, I pray that we would be the body That doesn't see the Jew or the Greek, the slave or the free. But God, we would be the body, the people who come together, who rush to those places that are hurting. Say, we're here to bring healing. We're here to care, to love, to nurture. And God, I pray that each one of us would see our neighbors in this place and in our communities, that we would stand against this loneliness. And we would be the ones who say, "You don't have to be alone any longer. I'm here with you. I'm here for you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen., Ooh, Amen. <laughs> As we continue now in worship, we're going to collect an offering. If you filled out one of those connect cards I know those of you in the balcony, I think there's a stack of them in the back corners. If there weren't they're down here. You're welcome to come fill one out later. Um, up in the balcony, you'll have to bring it down to the popcorn buckets when you come on down. But if you're down here in these pews and you filled out one of those cards, you'd like us to connect with you. You want to say, I can't do this alone anymore. Uh, I'll come by. I'll pick those up later this morning. So you can leave them there on the pew. You don't have to put them in the buckets or you can put them in the popcorn bucket where we collect an offering later. Uh Those buckets for offering are in the back corner. So, if you're somebody who prefers to support what we're doing through cash and check, you can do so as you leave. And if you prefer to do so electronically, you can give at thepointknocks.com. Just click on the little blue button in the bottom of the corner or bottom corner of the screen, and that'll take you to our, our giving platform where you can give to support what we're doing, not only in this place, but more importantly, through this place in our community. However you give and whatever you give, remember this. We don't give to get God's love, but we give because we already have it. Now, we had planned for you a video that Emily made for some announcements, but obviously that's not happening today. So let me tell you about two things that are coming up this week that I think are really exciting and really wonderful. The first is this Wednesday is the first Wednesday of the month. And for the next four months, the first Wednesday of the month, we're going to be gathering at 6.30 in the evening here in this space uh, to celebrate communion, to receive Christ's body and his blood, the forgiveness of all of our sins. So if you, over the last month, have been really missing communion, you really want to come and receive that, join us on Wednesday. It's going to be about a 45-minute thing. Uh, The one we did last month was really great. Um, I really enjoyed it a lot. So... Uh, Come on out Wednesday at 6.30 to come and receive communion with us here in this space. Just
2: want to add to that, we are asking you to register so we know how much to prepare. prepare. And you can find that out on thepointknocks.com slash events along with details of time and stuff.
0: Awesome. The second thing is if you are a parent and you have children, uh, as you've noticed, we have not brought Kids Point back Since we joined or started gathering in this space, but we're eager to when the timing's right. So we put together a very short survey. I think it's like five questions. We wanna hear from you about how we can best serve you and your children in this weird pandemic era and going forward. So that survey is available also at thepointknocks.com.
2: That one is specifically on thepointnox.com slash kids point.
0: There you go. So if you go to our website and you check out our kids point page, there's a brief survey to help us understand when you're comfortable gathering with them again, what that looks like and how we can serve you the most. So please take a moment this week and fill that out if you have kids. All right. Now's the time where we get to uh, do some questions and responses uh, we invite questions every week. The number wasn't on the screen this week.
2: Yeah, so we actually did not get any questions this week. Cool. The number, if you have any lingering questions or something on your mind throughout the week, we still get those questions and you can address them next Sunday. The number is on thepointknocks.com, as is everything else we've just talked about over the last couple minutes. Um, but that one, if you scroll to church online, it's listed there. So feel free to text in questions. Sorry about... The screen, but it will be a very simple fix. Yeah, just not simple in the midst of church.
0: <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, so, for those of you who are new, or this is uh, one of your first few times here, we believe questions are a really healthy part of faith, and questions and doubt actually help us grow in faith the most. And I can't promise that I know answers or that I have them, but I will do my best. And if I don't know something, I will look it up and let you know later. So like Emily said, feel free to text those in at any point. You're also welcome to reach out to me personally. Uh, My cell phone and email is on the website. If you fill out one of those connect cards and say, I'd like to talk to Pastor Adam, I'll reach out to you. And I'd love to help connect you with others that you can grow, uh, not on your own, but find hope and healing in them. So with that, receive this blessing before you go. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Have a great week.
1: Thank you for listening to one of our Sunday morning messages. If this message has made an impact in your life, please let us know. Simply fill out the Contact Us page on thepointknox.com. And if you'd like to be a part of supporting The Point Ministry, simply go to thepointnoxcom forward slash support. Don't hesitate to contact us or join us in person every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. We pray this message has an impact in your life or at least makes it easy for you to connect with God where you are.